That's right. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, where we are talking District 3 activities week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. We are joined by our Treasure Valley resident and expert, Logan Green. LG, what's shaking? Hey, Brandon, just, uh, you know, enjoying the Treasure Valley's 60-degree day that we had yesterday and uh, again today. I don't know if I'm I, I'm ready for it, Brandon. I'm, I'm done with the, the cold and the, the gray. I know it's still really early to be looking forward to uh, spring weather, but it's a nice taste of it. Man, I didn't even think it's been that bad yet this winter, but you're ready, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I don't know why I get that. I do get the, the winter blues, right. Where it's just like gray all the time. Like yesterday, my kids went outside and played in the front, like all the snow had melted and everything cleared away. There was no rain. And I was like, Oh man, you guys can go outside. That that's where it comes from. Brandon It's my kids are stuck inside and I want them to go outside. And, uh, that is great when they can go outside, <laughs> jump on the trampoline and not jump all over the couches. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you uh, can tune into this uh, Treasure Valley prep cast live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page or Twitter account. A couple of people tuning in. Thank you. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can throw something in the comments and we'll throw it up on the screen. Otherwise, you can always watch the replay of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page or Twitter account or uh, you can download this uh, audio version of this podcast wherever you download and subscribe to podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. You can also listen on our homepage, IdahoSports.com. Across the top of the homepage, there's a little tab that says uh, PrepCasts. From there, there's a drop-down menu. You click on Treasure Valley PrepCast, and you are off to the races. Speaking of the race, Logan, the race is on. For the Real Dairy Shootout Girls Edition in the great state of Idaho, district tournament action has started in just about every corner of the state. A couple of districts really won't get going until next week, but uh, in the Treasure Valley, plenty of district tournament action already to dissect. Hard to believe, but we're like two weeks out from girls' state yeah. basketball. Yeah, I know. It's it's right. It's here. Like, you know, you've got teams that are done. Um, here in the SIC, right, 5A girls, we had um, district games last night. Teams like Mountain View, Meridian, Centennial, and CUNA are all done playing basketball. They've moved on to track and field and softball. So um, it's kind of crazy that uh, some team season is now complete. Yeah, and so what we're going to do here, we uh, this is kind of a yearly tradition now on IdahoSports.com. I kind of... Uh, assume my alter ego this time of year. I become Brackets Bainey instead of Brandon Bainey, and uh, we break down what's happening in all of the district tournament action. I'll start doing uh, We started it already last Friday. Um, we will have daily girls basketball bracketology updates on the homepage at IdahoSports.com about midday every day. I'll dissect all the statewide results from the night before, give an updated bracketology, Logan, and these are uh, strictly kind of my opinions on how I think the field is going to shake out. I definitely raised a few eyebrows with what I was projecting in my initial projections, but we can talk more specifically about each classification um, as we get to it. But here on the prep casts, what we're going to do is uh, put the district tournament brackets up on the screen. So you can see as of this moment, uh, Wednesday morning, January 31st, 
where everything sits, what lies ahead, and kind of you know who's looking strong to get to state. So what we're going to do is, if you're watching the video version of this, I'm going to share my screen and put the district brackets up on the screen, and you can just look at them and follow along there. If you're listening audio only, all of our district tournament brackets are on the homepage at idahosports.com, not just for the Treasure Valley, but every district across the state, and you can follow along that way as well. But Logan, are you ready to get it started? Ready. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go then. Let's start with the 5A Southern Idaho Conference. Oh, and one more reminder, if you're watching the video version of this, you may need to make your video full size on the screen so you can read the bracket a little more clearly. Logan, this is a 13-team behemoth. Nampa, of course, this year chose to play an independent schedule, so they already were not going to participate in districts. So you had 12 teams, essentially, which means we got to winnow the field down to eight, which means there were four play-in games last night, Tuesday evening. It all went chalk except for the 8-9 battle. Number nine capital went to number eight CUNA, snuck out of there with a two-point win, 38-36. Otherwise, number five Eagle beats number 12 Mountain View, 61-33. Number six Timberline beats number 11 Meridian, 66-33. And then number seven, Bora beats number 10, Centennial, in a real shootout, 28 to 18. Yeah, it's really um, common, right, I think, to see this go this way towards the back end of the bracket where you've got teams that are like Eagle and Timberline. Those I know that they're, they're quote, lower seeds, um, that they don't get the automatic buy, uh, but they're still really good teams going up against some of the bottoms. And, and, and so you see that. Um, and, Brandon, this is one thing I wanted to look at. So I was taking a look at where did the coaches put these teams in the preseason, right? And did did they get it right? So if you look at the preseason coaches polls, which you can see on Idaho Sports if you go look back, uh, the of the the eight teams remaining, seven of them were in the top seven of the coaches poll. The only team on the outside was Capital. Um, Capital came in at ten, and they get in the one team in the top eight that's not is Cuna. So. It came down to that eight nine game, which is kind of what the, uh, the the coaches had anticipated, right? And it almost came up exactly. That game took it down to where it, if Cuna had won, they would have gotten it completely right, right? One through seven. Um, but uh, excuse me, I guess Centennial was the seventh, so Centennial is the team left out in the top eight and move in capital. Otherwise, everybody that was in that original and Bora, sorry. Excuse me, I'm talking out of my butt here, but uh, Bora <laughs> was Bora was ninth, and Centennial was seventh. So take them out. Um, Bora sneaks in at the seventh spot instead of Centennial being seven, and Capital takes the spot of Bora or of Cuna. Yeah. Goodness gracious, yes. the top the the top set the top six were were correct, and yes. those were correct. You just put Middleton, move Middleton up to two. So the coach, what I'm trying to say is the coaches were right. I'll just stop talking. I can't get my words out. That's all right. The coaches are not only smarter than us. They're they're able to speak and communicate a little more effectively than us as well. Logan, look at who we have in the chat here. Matthew Creech, girls basketball coach from Capital. Go Eagles. Yeah, that was a huge win on the road last night, coach. That was so exciting to see your team go. And now, hey, ultimate, you know, you got to play the number one seed Boise uh, in the quarterfinals or the first round, if you will. It's going to be uh, really fascinating to see if Capital can continue this run, but already having a tight win under their belt, 
just makes them that much stronger. So here, here are the the quarterfinal matchups, uh, as it were. Number one, Boise against number nine, Capital. Number four, Hawaii against number five, Eagle. Those games will take place at Middleton High School on Thursday, uh, the 1st of February. And then at Hawaii, we'll have number two, Middleton, and number uh, six, Timberline. And then number three, Rocky Mountain against number seven, Bora. Coach Creech, again, hey, appreciate the coverage and all that you guys do. Thank you, Coach Creech. We'll continue to chronicle your team as they uh, make their way through. Now, because for Capital now, they've got a little bit of wiggle room here, Logan, right? Because you've now entered the double elimination portion of the bracket where one loss doesn't doom you. Right. And that's what makes it. And this is, yes. Boise's there. They are what they are, right? They are so good. And so if you're a team that doesn't matter if it's capital or whoever it is that was going to have to face off with Boise first, like you said, it's a double elimination. You get the back end of the bracket and you can still punch a direct ticket to state. You don't even have to go through a play-in game. If you win a game, right? If you happen to lose your first round game, if you win your second game, you got a shot to just straight punch a ticket in the next game. And even if you lose, you still have a chance at a play-in game. So really, it, it, one victory goes a long way in the 5A SIC tournament. Really, if you win one game at all, you're pretty much going – you're going to at least be in a play-in game, worst-case scenario. Um, so, so there's a lot still to play for here. There's eight teams and really six spots up for grabs. So again – you just don't want to go two and out, and you've got a great chance to at least be playing on Saturday uh, for a play-in opportunity. So lot, lots to play for here. That's right. In this bracket, four teams are guaranteed advancement to state. It could be as many as six. It could also be five. The fifth and sixth place teams will each go play a state tournament play-in game. In terms of tiering these teams, Logan, Boise in a tier of their own, of course. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd call them tier one. Tier two and a half, I'd say, is Middleton. They're just a half a step above the others because they they proved it during the regular yeah. season. Um, and they did the, all the games were close though, so that's why I say two and a half. And then in tier two, I've got uh, I've got Hawaii, Rocky Mountain, and Eagle. I think I think the top five: Boise, Middleton, Rocky, Hawaii, Eagle. I like all five of those teams to advance to state. Yeah. One of them will will have to win a play-in game. Um, and so the fifth-place finisher from this district bracket, Logan, gets to play the second-place team from the east, right here, 5-6-B. That's most likely going to be Madison. Could be Thunder Ridge also. Uh, it could be Rigby if Madison pulled off like the ultimate upset. Um, but I don't see that happening. It's going to be a little more tricky for whoever takes sixth place. They would have to play the second place team from the north, which is probably going to be Coeur d'Alene. The defending state champs could be Lake City, but either way, I, I don't see a team from the Treasure Valley winning that matchup necessarily, with the caveat being Eagle went and beat Lake City last year. It proved me wrong. So, Yeah, they, they made t-shirts about it, Brandon. <laughs> That's you're, right, Brandon. No, you're not. You're not. You're not brackets baiting. You're bulletin board baiting. That should be <laughs> your nickname. I, I I saw last week when you threw Cole Valley under the bus, and they uh, Connor Jacks or the whoever it was from Cole Valley put a little pin on the the timestamp where you said that they were going to lose. So I'm I'm calling it. This is bulletin board baiting. 
non brackets <laughs> mania. But yeah, you know, I, I agree with you that, that I mean, we could see reality probably five teams coming out here um, because we've seen what SIC teams have been able, been able to do against those teams from East Idaho so far this year. A lot of sports, it's flipped, right? We see it where. Uh, maybe the East teams in different classifications, that could be true, right? Where where East teams would come like 4A, I think they would take care of uh, teams over here in the 4A SIC. But 5A, the, the SIC has taken care of business against teams from the East this year. And I, like you said, uh, I think that'll continue. Um, and, and I think those those top teams, like you said, are, are going to be there. It'll just be really I'm curious to see how the max preps rankings shake everything out. And if, if we're going to get, you know, um, some, some weird combinations of teams um, and where, where they sit. Um, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, Middleton is a team that intrigues me that if they get hot, they could, they could be really dangerous in the tournament because they, and you talked about this last week with uh, Cole Valley, their boy Middleton, they can shoot. And so they're not, they're not the biggest team. Um, in terms of height, but they are, they can shoot. And if they get hot, they, they have a possibility of taking down a team above them, but I don't think there will be that many teams above them uh, or there shouldn't be when those brackets come out. Okay. And that is the most intriguing matchup of the first round to me. It's not Eagle and Hawaii at the four and five, Hawaii swept that regular season series winning by eight to nine points each time. And it is hard to beat the same team three times in one season, certainly. But the matchup I'm looking at Logan is Middleton and Timberline. I think Middleton is in a bit of a precarious spot here. They only played once this year. It was way back on December 16th. Middleton won by 10, 45 to 35. So, you know, pretty close game timberline veteran coach andy jones just always seems to push the right buttons at this time of year um timberline could if, if they if they get this win over middleton right away um they could really upset the apple cart as it were so this is the game i'm, I'm most looking forward to middleton and timberline well that's a that's a, that's a good choice i'm gonna go dear hawaii eagle one i think i think middleton They've won like 15 games in a row, something like that. I I, I think they're they're hot right now, and, and it's a, it's their time to at least. Um, I, I think they'll be there playing at the ICCU Arena. I think that, that they'll make that championship game. Um, and I'm not saying any, I'm, it'll be a great game between them and Boise. They played way back in November. The second game of the year was when Middleton and Boise played. Uh, or excuse me, that's when Timberline played them way back then. But it was early when Middleton played them, um, November twenty first. So that was the third game of the year for Middleton. Um, they, you know, they're they're starting a lot of sophomores um, on this team, and and they were growing into their team. Um, be curious to see how that one goes if they match up. But I I like it one and two to be in the finals. Okay, Logan taking chalk. Uh, I guess officially I'll say Boise. And Rocky Mountain, I'll say. Right. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll come it's, back I mean, next weekend. So, so we did that Middleton Rocky game right a couple of weeks ago. Or right. I was there for it, and Rocky led pretty much the whole game. Middleton won that game by six, and they didn't lead by more than three for eight seconds of that game. Um, and that lead didn't come until the very end, the final minute. So, you know. Guess we'll see what it, it'll be a good tournament no matter what. I feel like this is always one of the best <laughs> tournaments in the state. 
Yep. We'll see how it all shakes out for sure. That is the 5A SIC uh, bracket. It picks up again tomorrow, Thursday, February 1st with quarterfinal matchups. All right. 4A Southern Idaho Conference. Logan, nothing to report here because uh, the 4A SIC notoriously is one of the very last leagues to actually start district tournament play. They've got still some regular season results to sort out. And we can't even really seed any of the teams on the seed lines yet. We can tell you Valley View is is probably going to take, I mean, they will. They'll finish last and will not be a part of this tournament. There are seven teams in the SIC. Seventh place doesn't get to participate, unfortunately. But otherwise, two games separate, separate Caldwell and Skyview in the lost column for sixth and fifth. Only one game separates Skyview and Emmett for fifth and fourth. Only one game separates Emmett and Columbia for fourth and third. And then Bishop Kelly and Ridgeview are tied at the top. They're each 10 and one ahead of what we are anticipating is going to be a fantastic showdown tonight. Logan in the regular season finale Ridgeview at Bishop Kelly BK won the first matchup by five 52 to 47, but then BK of course stubbed their toe earlier this season uh in Lee or excuse me Ridgeview won that matchup by five 52 to 47 and then it was Ridgeview that stubbed their toe against Emmett so um whoever wins this rematch it is a true winner takes first place but big picture I like Bishop Kelly and Ridgeview to both advance to state from this bracket yeah it'd be awesome for Ridgeview right I'm gonna go we'll, we'll talk about the number two team here in the standings if that's the way it is um they have a, a great shot at both the boys and girls to make it to state. Now I know the boys have never been, and I'm I, I'm I'm guessing the girls have not been either. Um, if I if if we sat down and looked at it, that they've never been. Uh, so that will be awesome for Ridgeview. Again, if you look at the coaches poll um, before the season, it was Bishop Kelly, Columbia, Ridgeview, which is the exact top three that we've got right now. A flip Ridgeview and Columbia, then Caldwell, Emmett, and Skyview, uh, the bottom three and then Valley view um, at the very bottom. So the coaches uh, really made me a team flip here and there, but otherwise they were right on the money. Yeah. And, and, you know, Columbia is going to probably take third, um, but, and they've been really competitive, you know, within single digits against Bishop Kelly and Ridgeview um, this season. So whoever takes first, I think, has the easier path to the championship, whereas Columbia yes. could Columbia could spoil in that two three matchup for sure. We've got Joey in the chat. Go Warhawks! You know, optimism and enthusiasm at Ridgeview is at an all time high this year, like you said, Logan, because the boys and the girls are both crushing it, which we love to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, no, they're playing very well. Um, I loved watching that Ridgeview team a couple weeks ago. Um, when I was there for some games that they played in and you know what, they've got the recipe, I think to, I know those teams from the East, <laughs> whether it's the district five team, whatever team comes out of it. Um, and, and, and Hillcrest are just monsters. They are, but if anybody I feel like could get something done, it could be Ridgeview because of their height, at least on the boys side. But I mean, it, it'll be awesome to see the Warhawks maybe punched, punch their tickets for the first time this year. That'd be incredible. Uh, Dane Pence, athletic director at Ridgeview High School. He, he might be a busy guy this year in, in March yeah. which is in, in February, which is great to see uh, there. All right, Logan, 3A District 3. This is the Snake River Valley Conference. They just had their last round of regular season games last night. A couple of eye-opening 
results, uh, certainly. But here are the official seedings, and then we'll get to, you know, trying to predict what happens here. But Fruitland gets the one. McCall Donnelly gets the two. They each tied for first place in the league standings at eight and two in conference play. Fruitland gets the tiebreaker. So they each enjoyed the first round bye. Parma gets third. They finished seven and three. Weezer takes fourth at five and five. Homedale's five, Payette is six. I think we can comfortably say Parma and Weezer probably both advance. And then from there, that top four, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And man, Parma, they lost two heartbreakers down the stretch, right? In overtime. And I tell you what, that game against Weezer that they, they lost in overtime, uh, Weezer hit a shot at the end of the third quarter, a halftime. It was a great shot that went in, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was still in the hands of the shooter when the horn sounded, and then that game goes to overtime. So I, if you're Parma, that might be a tough pill to swallow looking ahead saying, man, I was uh, a buzzer beater shot away from being in the top seed line, right? Um, because it's a it's a big deal to be in that top uh, one or two where you get a buy instead of having to play. But I mean, I, I really think, like you said, that those two teams, Weezer Parma, are going to take care of business. And, and gosh, there's just no reason Weezer looked. I thought they looked really good in that game against Parma last week, and and they're a team that that I think could sneakily get hot. They did it a couple years ago, right? They went up north and won that play-in game. Uh, they're, they're just a team that I, I don't I don't think anybody really wants to play at this point in the season. Uh, they can they can go inside, they can shoot it out, you know, behind the arc. But Kaylee Larue was our player of the game, and she can hit buckets when she wants. Rainierson hit a shot from the corner uh, to tie it and go to overtime. I, they've got players that can step up at the right time, so that would be my dark horse to come out of here as Weezer. Yep. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of comments here in the chat. Um, Joey says Dane Pence left Ridgeview in the last year. New AD is John Hartz. You're right, Joey. I forgot about that. We had a lot of ADs switch spots in the treasure Valley this year. A lot of turnover there. Thank you, Joey, for correcting me there. Paul Kingsbury, our boss says success at a school generally comes down to the PA announcer. Go Clay Hatfield. Of course, he's the, the PA announcer at Ridgeview. He uh, previously PA'd at Homedale, which we're talking about here in this bracket. And then how about this? Matthew Arnold, big McCall Donnelly fan. Um, there's several talented Arnolds on this Man. year's McCall girls roster. McCall hit a three at the end of regulation to force overtime against Parma too. And they're the team that hasn't gotten much fanfare this year. McCall Donnelly and Logan, in my official bracketology that's on the homepage at idahosports.com, here's how I officially projected this thing shaking out. I picked Weezer as my district champion. Kind of the same logic you use. Weezer's done it before. They've got a great coach in Lorraine Harrison. Um, they just always seem to get hot at the right time. I then had uh, McCall Donnelly getting second and the auto bid, and then I had Parma taking third and winning this state play-in game. This is going to be against either Kimberly or Filer, but I had Parma winning. So I did have three teams advancing, which means I had the number one seed, Fruitland, not making it. Oh, oh, <laughs> bulletin board, Bainey is back at it here, Fruitland <laughs> fans. Uh, but, you know, man, th these top four, I mean, right now, nobody's probably playing better than McCall Donnelly. I mean, they, they played... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they beat we so so here's here's what here's what I'm saying. I'm gonna have to change my calculus a little bit here. Obviously, I I, I won't 
you know, I'll stand by my official picks, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably wrong about this Weezer thing because McCall Donnelly beat Weezer last night, Logan. Bad. 74 to 49. Yeah. Yeah. And and so was that an anomaly? Was it a fluke? Maybe. But was it McCall saying, all right, now's our time to shine? I mean, they have one loss since they, they lost to Parma on December 14th. McCall Donnelly has one loss since then against Fruitland a couple last week. Um, so one loss of Fruitland, who apparently is not going to state, according to bulletin board Bainey, um, <laughs> that they're not good enough. Um, but gosh, but it's just, it would not surprise me. That's why I agree with you though. Like it would not surprise me to see Weezer win the whole thing, right? That they could do that. It wouldn't surprise me to see Parma win the whole thing. It, it just, any one of these fourth teams, I feel like could beat the other on any given day. Yes, McCall Donnelly took care of business. And do I personally think that they are, I think they're probably the team right now to beat personally. I know that Fruitland just beat them, but I think they're the team that's playing uh, pretty well down the stretch right now. Um, They got three wins in a row. They just won an overtime game against Parma. Um, they're, They're looking great right now. I mean, that's not to take away from Fruitland either. I mean, Fruitland, they, they lost to Parma last Saturday. So, you know, these teams, everybody's got a loss recently, right? Um, so we're just going to have to wait and, and see what happens. Um, somebody, a good basketball team is not going to be playing at state, though, which is always unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's still Weezer and McCall in the, in the championship. You know, Weezer did lose to Fruitland twice this year by six and then by two the most recent time 52 to 50 and it's just so hard to beat the same team three times when it's been close every time so i do like weezer and mccall in the championship but i will switch my pick here and say i think mccall donnelly wins the districts um joel says brandon's new nickname triple b (laughs) bulletin board baby (laughs) bulletin board baney that was on the spot i didn't even have that i'm pretty impressed with myself to come out up with that in real time yeah, you did. That was really good. Yeah, this McCall Donnelly team. I mean, they have Gabby Green, who might be one of, if not the best, just overall athletes in in the in the conference this year. Fantastic volleyball player, can really hoop it up. They've got Izzy Tinney, just a sophomore guard who's really stepped into her own this year. And then if Matthew uh, is still in the chat, I'd like to know. There are three Arnolds on this year's team: Shyla, Riley, and Lexi. Logan, they're all guards, and I think they're all juniors. What is the what is the relations here? Is are, are they is there cousins? Are they triplets? Help me help me sort out this Arnold picture if you're in there, Matt. <laughs> triplets would be great. I think Rocky Mountain, the girls, I think they had two sets of twins, um, which which was pretty crazy. Um, Middleton has cousins. They have a, a set of sisters and then a set of cousins that all have the same, you know, that there's the Blackwells and then the Freeds. So it's uh, not uncommon to have multiple relatives on the same team. And then Maddox Arnold was the quarterback for McCall Donnelly's football team this year, and he could really spin it too. And uh, he plays basketball. So, okay. Yeah, look at this. All right. Matthew says they're actually quadruplets and their brother oh played gosh. for the Vandals and they are and they are Gabby Green's cousins. Wow, that is a really dynamic family. Quadruplets. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's um, not one I've seen before, I think, is the quadruplets. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up because I thought <laughs> I thought 
I mean, I knew they were all related, but man, quadruple. That's awesome. Wow. What a family. Hey, I'm going to be doing the 3A um, girl state tournament. So that'll be a cool one. If McCall Donnelly makes it to, to follow in person there in a couple weeks. There you go, Logan. You can already start doing your research and building out what storylines right. you're going to cover. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Let's move on to the two-way Western Idaho Conference. Logan, uh, we had play-in games Monday night. Uh, Ambrose beats Compass Charter 5 over 8, 52 to 15. Marcin beats North Star Charter 59 to 20 in the 6 versus 7 matchup. No surprises there. Uh, Compass Charter and North Star Charter played mostly JV schedules this year. They played a lot of the JV teams from their other league opponents, and then they kind of knew coming in that, hey, we're going to be the seven and eight seed. And then last night, Logan, we had quarterfinal matchups here. It went chalk. Number three, New Plymouth beats number six, Marcine, 55-25. Uh, number four, Napa Christian beats number five, Ambrose, in a tight one, 46-39. I was watching a little bit of that game last night. And it was in the fourth quarter, a one possession game, you know, for a good stretch of that. And then Napa Christian kind of pulled away late there. So now we've got our semifinals set. Number one, Melba's going to host number four, Napa Christian on Thursday, February 1st. Number two, Coal Valley Christian is going to host number three, New Plymouth, also on Thursday, February 1st. The losers of those games will play Ambrose and Marcin in loser out games on Saturday. Official bracketology, I picked Melba to win the district tournament. They split with Coal Valley in the regular season, but they won the most recent matchup. So that's where I went. I've, I've got Coal Valley taking second and getting that second auto bid to state. And then there is a third bid on the table, potentially. Whoever takes third place from this district will play the second place team from the north. It's looking like that's probably going to be Kellogg. And in my bracketology projections here, Logan, I've got New Plymouth going and winning that game. I've got the Lady Pilgrims going to state. And, and, you know, they're a team that has been to state um, in the past that, they, you know, that they're a team when back when the Christensen girl was there and she was taking care of business on the floor. It wasn't uncommon to see New Plymouth. So it'd be good to see the Pilgrims back there. I just think they Tara Lake has done such an incredible job coaching that team this year. And yeah, they're eight and 12, right? But you have to look at or I guess now they're nine and 12, but um, they played Melba twice, Coal Valley twice. They played. Uh, class 5A Meridian. They played Class 4A Caldwell and Burley. They played a couple of 3A schools this year. So they, I mean, they've had a tough schedule. Um, and I think just looking with my eyes and looking at the team, I think this is a team that could go beat whoever it is from the, the North just isn't as strong yeah. this year. Grangeville's really Granted, dominant and then there's nobody. They, they have a victory over Fruitland who we just saw win the, 3A SRV. Right. They played Fruitland twice. They lost to Fruitland the second time only by three. So this is a team that they beat Fruitland and then they only lost to them by three in New Plymouth, right? And and they, you know, you look at some of their losses outside of the conference, right? We know Melba, Coal Valley Christian, right? Who have they lost to? Meridian, 518. Caldwell, 418. Burley, 483. 418. Uh, they they do have a loss in there to Nampa Christian, but then Vail, Oregon twice, um, Coal Valley, and then three A team. So really, not a lot of they have not lost to a team um, besides Nampa Christian that is quote below them in any standings or anything. Everybody has been either a classification above them or like in the top five of the state. So I like I like your picks there, Brandon. Yep, 
So we'll we'll see if that projection holds true. Um, and and with my official bracketology projections, I will not make a change until a district tournament result, you know, forces me to make a change. So I will stick with my Weezer pick in the SRV, and then we'll see how it shakes out. But now if if New Plymouth gets in, you know, you're probably looking at a team that's going to be an eight seed more yes. than likely based on their max prep rankings. And whether that's right or wrong, we'll find out. Um, but I, I would think that would be a tough first round matchup. Uh, for somebody to see, even though they do have a losing record, I think it's a little skewed based on who they've played. Yeah. Can we stop down for a second and talk about the max preps rankings? We did this last week, Logan. And then I got, I got a follow-up email from, uh, from a Melba fan. Um, and we talked about how ridiculous it was that Bear Lake and Malad. Uh, oh are, yeah. Are yes. the two, are yes. the two in the three seed right now. Right. And Cole Valley is five and Melba is six. And it's like Melba just beat Cole Valley and have less losses. How is Melba not ranked ahead of Cole Valley? There's a lot of messiness here. Um, and it was pointed out to me. We didn't we didn't even think about this, Logan. But you're looking at Malad and Bear Lake two and three. I'm telling you right now, only one of those teams is getting to state because I, Soda Springs is going to take a spot um, from that district. And so then what happens is either Bear Lake or Malad is not going to be there. So everybody moves up a seed line, and now you've got this is going to be a huge injustice if this actually pans out the way it is. But you would have the four seed Coal Valley, the five seed Melba in the opening round at state. And that is just this is what, what we were I, trying I to avoid. That, I, I said that last week. Yeah. I said that. I said it was weird. It's happened before on the boys' side, right? At the two A level, like I think Ambrose ended up who did they play? I is that's ridiculous. That's, that's stupid. Like I'm sorry, excuse my language, but like, that's dumb. Like that's not, that is not fair. That's not, those are. Yeah. Nice. Nice way to go. Computers. That's what we want is computers, right? Didn't we? Anyways. Now the computers still are better than just predetermining. Yes. Then precede it. 100%. 100%. Because you know, you, you're, you get, you could get that anyways in the first round. We've seen number one versus number two in the first round when that occurred. So de- de- definitely better, but extremely frustrating that that could happen. I think the next step is rankings in conjunction with humans. And let's yep. you know use common sense. Because to me, there's no question. Watching film and looking at results, there is a clear top three this year in 2A basketball. Grangeville, Melba, Cole Valley Christian. And then to me, there's a significant drop off to, to whoever is next in line um, and to have two of those three and they would all be on the same side of the bracket in, in this scenario. Yeah. I mean, Grangeville would be your one seed, uh, Cole Valley, your four and Melba, your five, the three best teams all on one side of the bracket. It just a human would look at that and go, nah, that doesn't make sense. That's not right. So, so essentially the seven seed is going to get an easier first round game than than Cole Valley and Melba, essentially. I, I and I'm telling you right now, Logan. If, if the right based if, on that, like, and I'm telling you right now, if the rankings hold and everything goes the way I think it's going to go, you're looking at Soda Springs as the seven seed. I think they're in the championship. You're looking at a number seven seed, Soda Springs, getting to the championship against whoever survives that gauntlet up top. How, yeah, how crazy I think this that? will be a great example of why the system needs some help. Um, because wh- who's supposed to be the second seed, right? Based on today, 
Who is it? Bear Lake or Malad? Yeah, Bear okay. Lake or Malad. Whoever. And they're not going to. They're not going to win. They're they're not going to win their conference. You're you're anticipating. Um. So. That's, and, they, that's and they would have and they would have to play Soda Springs. I mean, the team that probably will have just beaten them in the district championship. If, if district tournament results are really truly supposed to, you know, impact this thing, shouldn't Soda be the two and you know, Bear Lake Malad be the seven? I mean, it's just weird. Well, and, it, and you know what, Brandon? This is I struggle with this in my sports fandom, right? As I, I'm a I'm a fan of teams that really stink. Um, and sometimes it takes a horrible loss to somebody to help things change. And like, will it take a terrible seated bracket for people to say, okay, th- enough. Like this is not the, this is horrible where we say, okay, we need to do something. Like sometimes that's what it takes is that, you know, enough of the preceded stuff was so bad that something changes and enough of this, it's so bad that something changes. It stinks, but maybe that's what it takes. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm. I'm just telling you right now. That two A bracket is not going to be right. I'm just telling you that. And you've got a couple weeks to prepare for it. And just know, if you're a Grangeville, Melba, or Coal Valley fan, um, you're you're going to earn it. You know, you you will earn it at state. There will not be an easy road there. So. That's going to be, and, I, and you know what? Maybe they want that. Maybe they want, hey, you know what? You got to win. Theoretically, if you want to win a championship, you got to beat three of the best teams in the state. That's what you have to do. And so, yeah, theoretically, that's, uh, you know, but you want it in the right order, right? So, I, yeah, guess we'll find out. Be the, fun. the other part will be tough is that Melba Coal Valley right away, if it happens. I mean, you're talking about playing them for the second time in the span of, you know, 10 days or whatever it is. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's tough too. All right, let's go to 181 Western Idaho Conference. Logan, we had one play-in game. Uh, Gem State uh, did not uh, participate in this year's district tournament. So there's 10 teams in this league. Uh, there's 11 on the boys' side. Riverstone didn't have a girls' team this year. They played just JV. Gem State didn't participate in this district tournament. So we had one play-in game on Monday. Number nine, Centennial Baptist. At number eight, Idaho City. Idaho City wins that pretty handily 44 to 15 and so now we've got the top eight here in the quarterfinals tonight wednesday january 31st all home games for the top seats number one liberty charter going to host number eight idaho city number four wilder going to host number five vision charter number two rimrock going to host number seven victory charter and then it's number three notice hosting number six greenleaf friends to me there's a clear top three liberty charter Rimrock, Notice. Rimrock did beat Notice uh, by, I think it was 10 to 12. Yeah, when they played in the regular season. So to me, this is kind of cut and dry. You know, Liberty Charter, Rimrock. Maybe Notice gets a spot, you know, if they they get that switch flipped. But the big story here is two bids available to state, Logan. And the last time we were talking about this bracket, we were talking about on the the backside here, this this third place game, um, whoever won that, then was just done. It was a third place game that was meaningless essentially because the third place team then didn't get the opportunity to challenge for one of those two spots to state. They have fixed that. And there is a new challenge game down here this season. The caveat is whoever takes third place can challenge the second place team only if they haven't already played. 
So let's say Rimrock and Notice play in the semis. Rimrock wins. Notice takes third. Rimrock takes second. Notice could not challenge Rimrock because they had already lost to Rimrock. This, this is how every district and divisional tournament in Montana is run with this challenge game. I love it. I think this was a great solution. Yeah, yeah, it's a good option. Um, and it, it rewards you for beating a team. And you don't like, you know, essentially if if they were able to come back around, let's just pretend it's the same situation. Rimrock now has to play notice again. Notice wins it. Um, why does notice get the bid? And in the last two games, they went one and one against each other. And so, you know, theoretically they had a e- easier path to get that bid and they didn't have to play the the champion in that game. Right. So it's a great, I hadn't heard of that before seeing this one, but I really like the, the way it's set up. Yeah. In Montana, the way they do it, Logan, and this, again, this is a different topic for another day, but when they do their dist, so there's three rounds, there's districts and then there's divisionals and then there's state. So basically you could think of it as like a district and then a regional and then a state. Um, but they just, they, they say, for example, these eight teams, Hey, we're all going to get together. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going to meet up at this neutral site and we are going to have a three-day tournament kind of mimicking what state would look like. And that's how Montana runs all of their postseason tournaments. And then if there needs to be a challenge game, they play it on the Monday after, you know, Saturday's your championship and your third place. And then if there is a challenge game, it happens the following Monday and it's a cool deal and the fans get all fired up and I my high school played in several challenge games when I was in high school. And so, um, yeah, it's always a fun time, but, um, just in terms of the challenge game itself, I think this is the way it should be done. And maybe other districts will look at this and see if it works or not, and then maybe make a change in their own district. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great way to do it. I agree. Yeah. But anyways, I, I really like this top three Liberty charter rim rock notice uh kyla jewett at rimrock just always <laughs> they always find a way they she is a fantastic coach um and for rimrock you know they're not not much info gets out of rimrock you know we don't we don't know much about them typically they're not uh it's hard to get info uh from there but we know they're always right there and competitive so yeah the lady raiders seem to always find their way to stay them in liberty charter it seems to always be uh those two that that show up yeah. And, and Liberty Charter is the exact opposite. You know, their coach emails me the stats after every game. I could tell you all sorts of stuff about Liberty Charter. Rimrock, <laughs> not sure. <laughs> Anyways, last one, 1AD2, long pin conference. Um, the seeds are set. You know, this was based on kind of what happened last night. Not everybody played the same amount of games this year, Logan, and which makes seeding this a, a little tricky um, because so many games got wiped out due to weather. Uh, for example, everybody's supposed to play 10 conference games. Uh, the only team that got to 10 was Garden Valley. They went five and five. Council played nine. Salmon River played nine. Horseshoe Bend and Cascade and Tri-Valley all played eight. So the standings look, you know, a little wonky somewhat. But basically last night, Council was playing Salmon River, uh, or maybe that was Monday night they were playing Salmon River um, and basically, whoever won that was going to get the number one seed. Council won pretty convincingly, and so they are the number one seed. The rest of the bracket now, because Salmon River lost, Tri-Valley actually gets that two seed, 
So we're going to fill this in in real time. This is going to be fun. Look at this. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Uh, uh, you heard it here first. And then Salmon River gets the third. And I'm looking at the official bracket we got from uh, Tri-Valley High School here. So, And then number four is going to be Garden Valley. The rest is, is kind of what we already thought it was going to be. Garden Valley, Cascades, number five. And then number six is Horseshoe Bend. Um, kind of the same story as in the last bracket we looked at. There's kind of a clear top three, Council, Tri-Valley, Salmon River, two spots available to state. Um, officially, I've projected Council and Tri-Valley to get those two bids. Um, however, you know, it'll be really interesting to see um, this Salmon River team. They played a lot of eighth graders last year that are now freshmen. They have an eighth grader on this year's team. Can this young team that doesn't know any better, you know, find a way to get to state? That's going to be the big storyline for me. Yeah, why not? And then they've really struggled with numbers lately. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, they only had six players um, and were still able to find a way to make it. Um, and, you know, they have a, an overtime win over Tri-Valley um, back last Thursday. Um, so, you know, they, they lost to, they lost to Tri-Valley the first time and then were able to beat them in overtime. So they were able to flip the script. So, uh, potentially we're looking at a third matchup between Salmon River and Tri-Valley on Saturday that, uh, that you know, could uh, could determine who we see go to state. Yep. Uh, Salmon River did play council on Monday night. Council won 67 to 41. I think council is the clear favorite here clear. in this bracket. Yep. Um, they're nine and five overall. You know, they didn't have a ton of games this year. And they took their lumps early, right? They played Kendrick and Lapway, which are two, you know, teams that'll be at state. They they lost to Salmon River by eight early in the season, 53-45. Uh, they went to that Nissa Christmas tournament and played Nissa and Burns, which, you know, Burns versus Council is a huge disparity in yes. size. Um, <laughs> and so you have to look at, you know, the overall record, but also just using your eyes. Council had a couple of injuries early on this season. And so council will go into the one AD two state tournament, I think in a good position to defend their title as well. So I think council beat Tri-Valley twice by four total points, two games by two points. So, uh, you know, you you never know. I mean, Tri-Valley just, you know, recently fell to Salmon River. And so if they're able to get through to Salmon River and beat them this time, um, you know, barring Salmon River losing to Horseshoe Bend. You know what? Tri-Valley's possibly got a chance to pull the upset there. It was just very close to really uh, one basket the other way, and it's a different story when we're talking about Tri-Valley on top. So, uh, you know, I, I do think Council is is the team to beat, but, uh, man, I, I don't know. I mean, Tri-Valley wouldn't surprise me. I think Tri-Valley gets the bid, that second bid at minimum. It'll be a fantastic race between the, the top three there, though. Uh, I think it's going to be really fun and exciting for sure. All right. Those are the girls basketball district tournament brackets. Logan, uh, we are going to take a break here from our sponsors from No Vape Idaho. When we come back, some very quick boys basketball and wrestling thoughts you're watching and listening to the Treasure Valley Prepcast presented by No Vape Idaho on IdahoSports.com. It's not like I'm doing drugs. Nicotine can negatively impact the developing brain and make it more susceptible to other addictive substances. Students that vape are three times more likely to start smoking weed. And kids who share vapes can unknowingly inhale other drugs like THC, meth, or fentanyl, causing permanent lung damage, overdose, and even death. 
Be smart. Don't start. This is the Treasure Valley Prep Cast presented by No Vape Idaho. Be smart, don't start. Logan, uh, did you know that the vaping industry is pumping millions upon millions of dollars into targeted marketing and advertising geared specifically towards teenagers? You might be sitting there going, oh, I watch TV. I never see any vaping commercials. Yeah, it's all on social media. It is targeted ads. They are going for our teenagers. This is why I love No Vape Idaho because they're saying, hey, Let's take yeah. the fight to their to their arena. And you know what's crazy is I I um I posted on Instagram our Instagram page a no vape post the other day. Um, and I think I think social media is trying to fight it, but I actually got flagged as promoting vaping, and I said no, I'm trying to stop it. And I had to like put in an appeal to get the post back, and it ended up coming back. Um, but it's it's kind of it, it's scary that they're able. They must know ways to circumvent that. That's the the scary part, right? Is because I think social media is trying to stop it, but they can't. It's just flooding it and coming at it so fast, and it's just disappointing to see people out there, probably knowingly pushing something that uh, is going to get people because they know once they get them, uh, it's hard to get them. They, it, it, they're they're a customer for life, essentially, is what they're shooting for. And here's here's the trick, right? Here's here's how this works. And I'm glad that you are, you know, sharing what Novape Idaho is doing because we have an audience and a platform here in Idaho that we can certainly reach. But a big company like Facebook, another big company like Big Vape, you know, they're gonna pour millions of dollars into advertising in Facebook. And so Facebook's not gonna do anything to stop that, right? They're going, hey, yeah. we got the money coming in. We're good. And that is so greasy. And there, I mean, there's a it lot is. of problems with social media. So I'm glad somebody is saying, okay, let's fight fire with fire and, and get this message out. And so Nova Idaho is doing a tremendous job. Yeah. So thanks for, for the support there and helping to get their message out. They want uh, everybody to, to be aware. There's even a nice documentary on their website that you can watch about it there too. Yep, for sure. So no vape Idaho, be smart. Don't start. You can uh, type in no vape Idaho. That's no with a K N O W uh, and uh, type that into your favorite browser and uh, you'll find the website from there. It's no vape Idaho. Uh, okay. Question from Chris, any chance the IDA uh, Idaho high school activities association actually looks into the legitimacy of the max preps rankings. Paul answered this question. No. <laughs> <laughs> period not <laughs> here's, story. here's what i'll say i'm a glass half full kind of guy there is a new executive director you know taking taking over july 1st chad williams we talked about that a couple of weeks ago um so a new leader sometimes brings new ideas my argument is it shouldn't matter who the executive director is the board is actually the body that has the power, but it does seem like sometimes the executive director has more power than the board and it's supposed to be kind of a checks and balances thing, but I guess start there. And if you're really passionate about it, contact your local athletic director and then they can report it to the board. I mean, that's where it starts. The people have to stand up and say, we want change. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's got to start somewhere. And we saw that happen this year, right? With the classification, um thing right the board said no and everybody said no nah, this is actually what we want and uh it, it happened right they were able to get it done so uh it's not impossible for change to occur um and, and hopefully if there is something that, that that they'll look at it and really see if it's and i and i've said this before 
on other things. Let, let's see if it's better for the kids. Let's make the, 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 the decision that doesn't affect somebody's ego, somebody's pocketbook, somebody's anything except for what is better for the kids. Because when those get involved, it doesn't actually benefit who it should. It's about the athletes and about what is better for their experience, right? It is not about anything else. And if it is, we've gotten away from what truly it is about. Yep. Uh, I don't think I convinced Chris or Paul. So again, Chris asked, any chance the IHSA looks into the legitimacy of the rankings? Paul says, no. Chris says, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Well, I mean, we said like nobody, I don't think anybody knows what goes into it. So, and, right. and so I, you know, like you said, a bit of computer, a bit of human would, would, would definitely help this. Yes, totally agree. All right, quickly, because uh, we ran yeah. along talking girls hoops on the brackets. Uh, two big stories from boys basketball I wanted to touch on. We had the rematch between Garden Valley and Cascade. The first time these two teams played, it was in Garden Valley. Uh, Cascade built up this huge lead. Garden Valley nearly pulled off the comeback, but they fell short by just two points. Uh, we finally got the long-awaited rematch in Cascade. Garden Valley wins that going away by 20, 59 to 39. Debate over Garden Valley, the team to beat. They are 19-2 and two overall, Logan, 9-1 and one in conference. Their only losses were to Cascade by two and Camas County on the road in Fairfield, 78-61. to 61. And that's kind of, you know, a consensus top two team along with Kendrick right now. Um, so Garden Valley loaded for bear. Yeah, and um, man, uh, they've kind of just snuck under the radar, I feel like. Kind of quietly, all of a sudden, you say, wow, they, are they really 19-2? and two? And Yeah, that's true. And man, it really looks like the same that we saw in football, right? It's the same teams left that we're going to see at state that we saw at state football. Camas County and Kendrick, potentially. The top two seeds, we saw Garden Valley win a game and then lose to Camas County in the playoffs. Um, a lot of the same, uh, same old, same olds are probably going to be uh, dancing in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun tournament. One AD, two boys for <clears throat> sure. Uh, on the other side of the coin here, 5A basketball, Logan. Uh, I gave the kiss of death to the Mountain View boys basketball team. <laughs> last week Last week on the show, I said, you know, of all these teams that are in this glom and the glom still exists. All right. Why he's eight. No, but then you've got Meridian and Boise each seven and two Timberline six and three Centennial Centennial and Eagle are each five and three Capital and Mountain View are each four and four Middleton's three and five Cunis three and six. I mean, that's a separation of three games between most of those schools. I said, Mountain View is going to be the team that takes second. And then they went out and lost three in a row to Middleton, to Boise, and to Timberline. They did finally get a win to snap the streak against Bora on Saturday, 60-53. to 53. So I will pose the question to you again here. I, I think the SIC is going to get six teams to state. I think that's mm -hmm. pretty clear. I think they'll, they'll win both of their play-in games. Can, can you give me the six that you think will get there? <laughs> Oh, okay. So it's really going to come down. There are some big games late, like for teams uh, like Boise, all of a sudden, man, uh, where, where have the brave been in any conversation? They're currently uh, sitting promptly there in second at seven and two. They have a tough down the stretch though. They're going to have to play Hawaii and Timberline to close out the season. 
Uh, so those are going to be some big games. But I like Hawaii as one of those. I like Meridian as one. So there's two. I like Timberline. There's three. I like Boise. There's four. Um, and then I like <laughs> I like Capital. So give me Capital as five, and and then give me Eagle. Those are going to be those those that that's my that's my six from the SIC. Okay, I like it. Um, I'll go Hawaii, Meridian, Timberline. Those are kind of the easy ones for me. Yeah. Uh, and then I will go Eagle. I think Eagle finds a way. I'll go Mountain View. I still believe in the Mavericks and Coach John Middleton. And I will go Centennial with my last spot. All right. Okay. So we we uh, we differ on our bottom (laughs) our bottom (laughs) group. I think we both we both had Eagle there. Uh, So, but we'll we'll have to see. I mean, it's going to come down. You know, it's like Middleton's even had some close games. Like they hung. They were probably the toughest game that that Hawaii's had in a long time they were able to find a way there so you know you never know who could come out of that sixth spot I mean that that sixth spot will be one uh that'll be fun to watch that tournament that district tournament is going to be <laughs> must see action wild yeah uh, no doubt about it so we each took a Meridian Timberline and Eagle you took Boise and Capital I took Centennial and Mountain View we'll see We'll see who was right. <laughs> that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. And like you said, there's so many important games still to come. Those standings yeah. are definitely going to change. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk wrestling really quick. Last week was the North Idaho Rumble up in Coeur d'Alene. Caldwell went up there on the boys' side and took second place. They fell to, first of all, American Falls, a 3A school, won the tournament, which is good for them that's really good yeah caldwell took second the hosts from Coeur d'Alene took third so for caldwell to go up there and beat Coeur d'Alene on their home arena so to speak uh i thought was a big performance for the cougars yeah that's awesome for them we don't hear much about caldwell really outside of soccer because that is where they they shine um on on the field and it's good to see them getting something done done in another way and it makes sense brandon that there was a tournament up there um, I drove up to Lapway to do a game, and as I was driving up the White Bird Hill there, uh, on the side of the hill, looking over the edge, I'm probably, I'm sure, throwing rocks or doing something silly, uh, was the West Side Pirates bust. And I'm like, man, what? you are a long way from home right now. What are you doing up here? So it makes sense. Uh, probably a wrestling match. So I'm guessing that's probably where they were headed. Yeah, so Westside actually went to uh, Clearwater Valley, hosted uh, a tournament. Okay, so they were going up there. Okay. They were going to Kuski. But yes, uh, there was a lot of action in North Idaho last week. Caldwell, individual champs. Jackson Freeman at uh, 113. Draven Johns at 126. He's a D1 wrestler. Uh, Grayson Go at 145. Jace Wolf at 152. Congratulations to the individual champs there. And then Logan uh, Caldwell is getting ready to host uh, a couple of duels tonight. Um, they're going to host Columbia and then also New Plymouth um, in, in a couple of du- so a tri match essentially. Um, but the cool thing that Caldwell is doing here, and this is from the Caldwell High School Wrestling Facebook page. We are super excited to invite head girls basketball coach Amber Green to join us as a guest coach for our duels against New Plymouth and Columbia. Coach Green will join us for all aspects of the evening, including team talks, 
rolled around pre-match and bench coaching top bottom neutral or defer what's it gonna be coach come see coach green make her wrestling coaching debut starting at five o'clock at caldwell high school let's go i love this idea what a cool concept yeah it'll be fun to see um how she does there and that and gets the kids ready to go and uh maybe maybe she'll she'll make some aggressive moves like um not kicking field goals in the NFC championship game, right? Make some, uh, <laughs> makes, make some aggressive play calls, um, wrestling, whatever you call them there, um, during that match should be fun to see for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, she, she does such a great job with that Caldwell program. Um, has taken the Cougars to state several times in girls hoops. Yeah. They're seven and 13 this year, three and nine in league play, but she is getting every ounce out of those players. And they're actually a really fun team and enjoyable to watch. They just beat Skyview, the team that's ahead of them in the standings. Um, they beat them Monday night, 41, 36 in their regular season finale. So, um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see uh, how everything shakes out for Caldwell. That's a team I'm keeping an eye on, but yeah, coach green coaching wrestling. I think there should be more crossover with the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, I would, I would definitely watch something like that. I want to see a basketball coach out there um, <laughs> making a play call um, on the, on, as the offensive coordinator or something like that. Now in, in a lot of smaller schools, that's extremely common where, <laughs> right. Uh, but, but at a bigger school where people are more specialized, it would be fun to see that a little more. Yeah, that would be uh, a fun exercise. Maybe we can come up with uh, offline lists of coaches we'd like to see co what, yeah. and what what sports they would coach. That'd yes. be yes. In interesting for sure. So, all right. Uh, big thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Treasure Valley PrepCast. Sorry we went a little long today, but we had to dive into all of the district tournament results, which always takes a little longer. But enjoy the competitions this week. Check back to IdahoSports.com for all the latest district bracket updates. And, of course, uh, my daily bracketology updates. In fact, I got to work on that as soon as we're done here, Logan. So thanks for tuning in everybody for Logan green. I'm Brandon Bainey, and we will see you next time on the treasure Valley prep cast presented by no vape Idaho on idahosports.com.